product compliance as a discipline is focused on ensuring that products meet regulatory requirements where they're sold. What we're starting to see is an evolution of what those regulatory requirements are. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to a special podcast series, Supply Chain and ESG, What You Need to Know. Over this podcast series, we're going to take a look at ESG drivers, the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act, supply chains and ESG, the new world of product compliance and ESG, scope three emissions reporting strategy, and responsible minerals supply chain and ESG. This special podcast series is sponsored by Ascent. But first, a quick word about Ascent. Did you know that for most sectors, the majority of an organization's ESG risks come from their supply chain? It's no secret that your supply chains are complex, but capturing your ESG data from them should not be. Ascent is the leading provider of ESG and product compliance solutions, combining software and expertise all in one place to help you see deeper into your supply chain and uncover hidden risks that affect your sustainability score. Check out Ascent.com for free ESG resources and to learn how Ascent can help you jumpstart your supply chain sustainability program. In this episode three, we looked at the new world of product compliance and ESG. In this episode, I'm joined by Callie Edgren and Devin O'Haran. Callie is the Director, Regulatory and Sustainability Expert at Ascent. She is a subject matter expert on product minerals compliance as well as market access. Devin is a Regulatory and Sustainability Expert at Ascent. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome back for another episode. And today we get to talk about a topic near and dear to my heart, product compliance and sustainability tied together. I'm joined by Callie Egren and Devin O'Haran. So guys, first of all, welcome. And thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me. Today. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks, Tom. If you guys could tell us what your current role is with Ascent and Callie, if I could start sure, with you. Sure. I'm the director of the regulatory and sustainability experts at Ascent. Uh, so all of our experts who have hundreds of years of experience piled together and of course, we monitor and engage in all of the regulations. I'm one of those regulatory experts that Callie is talking about with a focus on ESG and responsible sourcing. Callie, I have to say I was really excited about this episode because we get to talk about compliance. We get to talk about product compliance. We get to talk about product safety, mm-hmm. but we get to talk about it in the context of the S in ESG or sustainability. And frankly, I'm not sure a lot of people really think about those in the S. I've always seen it that way because I tend to come from things from a safety Mm -hmm. angle. But how would you say, or how does sustainability end up with really those things that may appear to be disparate or even inconsistent? So, I mean, I'm excited about this topic too. I'm very passionate about product compliance. And of course, this isn't a new topic, right? So product compliance as a discipline is focused on ensuring that products meet regulatory requirements where they're sold. What we're starting to see is an evolution of what those regulatory requirements are. So, you know, it used to be more traditionally electrical safety or mechanical safety. But then back in 2002, 
this little regulation called ROS, or the Restriction of Hazardous Substances, came along. And, you know, the ROS directive applied design criteria to electrical products, but the purpose for the ROS directive wasn't tied to the safety of the user where traditional product compliance regulations were. It was actually tied to the safety of the third world countries where the electronic waste ends up at the end of its life and trying to detoxify that. So all of a sudden, now we have a regulatory obligation, but with more of a sustainability focus behind it versus the traditional product safety. So this isn't really a new concept, but over the last 20 years, of course, there's been a tremendous explosion of these types of regulatory obligations. These aren't just nice to do things. Another example is the eco-design directive in the EU, which of course focuses on energy efficiency, right? So also more of an environmental focus. Both of these regulations, the Ross Directive and the Eco-Design Directive, are part of the CE scheme for the European Union. So if you don't meet those obligations, you can't sell there. And that's where the product compliance bridge comes back into these more sustainability or environmentally focused regulations. So in this podcast series, we've talked about regulatory pressure. Mm -hmm. We've talked about pressure from investors. We've talked about other types of pressure. But here, I wanted to ask you about sustainable products manufacturing and really customer pressures. Or I think we use the example of I'm responding to an RFP and I now have to lay out not only my product manufacturing process, but I have to talk about it in a sustainability context. Are you having those types of conversations? Or should companies be having those types of conversations? Absolutely. And I've focused a lot on product compliance, and you have as well. But there's always this relationship back to the operations side. And I've actually worked in the EHS side for well over a decade as well. And so I do think that manufacturers need to understand that their customers are no longer just concerned with what they hold in their hands at the end of the process. But they want to make sure that their suppliers, the manufacturers, are also using responsible you know, operations, uh, manufacturing processes. Are you using chemicals in your process that are going to get discharged into the water waste stream? So I think increasingly manufacturers have to realize that these two worlds of operations compliance and product compliance are starting to connect for their customers. And they need to be able to have the whole story to tell in order to prove that they are responsible manufacturers, not just with product designs, but in the way that those products are built as well. And if I could focus on safety just mm -hmm. for a moment, because in a former life, I was a trial lawyer okay. and I did a lot of personal injury cases, also in large chemical plants and petrochemical refineries. So product safety was always first mm -hmm. of mind. And I see safety directly within the S of ESG. Is that a fair characterization or, or perhaps would that be a fair assessment on your part? And do you see safety as a part of S and are people, are once again, are you having those conversations that your safety program is a part of your ESG program? Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better than the way you just did. Being sure that your customers are going to stay safe when they're using their products is absolutely part of ESG. In fact, I think of ESG as the overarching umbrella and product safety is just one of the many pieces, right? Safe operations and manufacturing is another piece. B 
Because at the end of the day, what's your intention? Your intention is to make sure the users are safe, that people aren't getting hurt. So of course, that absolutely fits under that umbrella. And to that extent, product safety, which leads into product compliance, right, is really just another piece of the ESG puzzle. Let me just take that last statement and run over you, Devin. Where do you see product compliance and ESG as being interrelated? You know, obviously there's a lot of connection directly to the E in ESG with product compliance as there's a focus on environmental regulations and making sure that your products are meeting those environmental regulations. But what it really comes down to for me in terms of how they're really connected together has to do with externalities. So this these costs of doing business, and when I say cost, I don't just mean the financial cost. You know, everybody knows about those. Everyone understands that in business, right? But it's these social and environmental costs as well that haven't traditionally been quantified. Some of these costs have been addressed by regulation and product compliance. So pulling from Callie's example about Ross, you know, we as a society said, you know what, the cost, environmental, social cost involved with the disposal of these toxic chemicals at the end of their life in electronics is unacceptable. And we passed legislation to codify that. So as we become increasingly aware of the importance and relevance of these externalities and the barrier that they present towards sustainability, environmental, social, and governance metrics represent another way of starting to measure and manage those externalities. And then do you, where do you see the future of this relationship? And do you see really additional or further interconnectedness down the road? Yes. So, you know, the concept of sustainable products and life cycle durability, this is only going to continue to strengthen and become more sound because not all things that you're looking at when you're referring to ESG are driven by a compliance or a regulation today. Being able to identify and assess ESG performance can help highlight risks to your business and also identify some areas that may potentially become the target of future compliance regulations. So we're going to continue to see a shift from thinking about ESG as a good faith or a a reputational motivation into a more tangible piece of strategy to help mitigate risk when it comes to upcoming regulations and things like that. So we're going to get more clarity on expectations as new legislations and things are passed. But the idea here being that it's imperative for companies to engage on this concept proactively rather than reactively. Kelly, let me uh, go back to you because I can't pass up the opportunity to talk to somebody about safety. A couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, I interviewed a person from a company who did fire Mm -hmm. safety. And we talked about that in the context of ESG. And one of the things that I tried to emphasize is any structure, any program, any acronym, anything I can use to have a conversation around safety in the corporate world, I view as a huge positive whether it's product safety, whether it's worker Mm -hmm. safety, whether it's customer safety, whatever it may be. And is ESG really helping to elevate a level of conversation around safety that perhaps we hadn't been able to share the connectedness of safety with some of these other topics before? I think it's evolving towards that. I wouldn't say we're completely there yet. Even if you talk about product environmental compliance versus those more traditional fire safety, electrical, mechanical, and many companies, there's still separate functions that focus on those two areas. But what I'm seeing and what I experienced, what I did at my last two employers is we are starting to merge the environmental into the more traditional product safety. And so I think we are starting to elevate those conversations and say, look, these are just different pieces of the same whole puzzle. 
And so we're starting to have those conversations. I don't think that industry is 100% there yet of connecting product safety to ESG, but that's certainly part of the message that we're highlighting because many of them are very good at product safety. They've had to do this for decades and decades, right? ESG may be a newer concept for them. So we're helping to lead those conversations, but I don't think that we're completely there yet across industry. We're definitely getting there, but I think podcasts like this can help us to share that message and connect those dots for people. That really, unfortunately, leads us to the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us for our next episode where Devin rejoins us to talk about some emissions reporting strategy. But before we leave, I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information, if they wanted to maybe take advantage of what you just suggested, Mm -hmm. Callie, is to have that conversation about tying customer safety, product safety, worker safety, and other types of safety together. Where would be the best place for them to go? Absolutely. I would love to continue that conversation. And with you as well, Tom. Certainly our Ascent website, we have a lot of blog posts around different topics around both ESG and product compliance. And then, of course, you could follow Devin or myself on LinkedIn, and we're very happy to engage and continue these conversations and just the thinking around this evolving concept of what ESG is, and that actually a lot of manufacturers are already doing pieces of it to the the point that we've made that your product compliance program, which you probably already have, is already a part of that. So don't panic. You have more than you think you do, but Let's have that conversation to continue connecting those dots. And either our Ascent website or our LinkedIn profiles are great ways to continue that. I can't think of a better way to end this podcast except to say ditto, ditto. (laughs) Guys, this has been great. And I hope we can continue this conversation. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it.